Hello, this is Sarah Pearson, Features Editor at the Concord Monitor, here with Granite Geek David Brooks to talk about a story and a project he's been working on for a little bit. We've been working on. Yes. So, do you want to explain what our project has been for the last month or so? Sure. Very quickly. So, we, um, so there is a thing called ranked choice voting that our listeners might be familiar with. So, this is a method of instead of uh, you vote for one candidate and whoever gets the most votes wins... You vote for all of them, and you rank them in order from number one to the last, and then that is used to calculate a winner um, and basically to find somebody who gets at least a majority support. And, and um, advocates of this method say that it's a better way of getting a sense of what the electorate truly feels because you don't have to just, just make one opinion about one person. And it also uh, kind of forces candidates to appeal to a broader range of the electorate because some people might, you know, vote them down. Uh, and so it makes them moderate, forces them to moderate and, and be slightly better candidates. And it, it exists in a few places, a few cities, and most importantly, Maine is using it this year, ranked choice voting for statewide elections, first time in the country. So I thought this is an interesting thing, and if there's ever a race that was viable for ranked choice voting, it is the Democratic primary right now because there are so many candidates and that's where ranked choice voting is very helpful. The Republican side wouldn't be very good because frankly Trump would win the, uh, the, if, we, if we did an experiment so it wouldn't be very interesting. So we just did the Democratic. So what we did, as you know, is we put a ballot in the paper several times that had all, uh, at the time there were 16 candidates, a couple of them have dropped out since, a couple new have come on, 16 candidates and voters had to rank them from 1 to 16. So this is my first, this guy's my first choice and she's my second choice and she's my third choice and he's my fourth choice, all the way down to 16, although they didn't have to do all of them if they didn't want to. Cut it out, mailed it in, and you and I calibrated them. And so when we first started this, what were you expecting from readers? I was, I was hoping to get 100 mailed in, because that's a lot these days, right? And I figured I'd live with 50. And what actually happened? We got 385 viable uh, ballots. Uh, there were a few that were messed up. And, but uh, 385, which is, may I just say, more even than we've gotten letters to Santa. So that's pretty darn impressive. Poor Santa. Poor Santa. So, yes. And so then, after we got these almost 400 ballots, what was your first step? So, what the way it works is you first, you, you order them by the first choice. So each ballot has somebody chosen as their first choice. So as you know, Sarah, I took a piece of paper that was 20 feet long and divided it up into 16 spots. And then we laid out the ballots. If there was a first choice for this candidate, we put it in her spot. First choice for that candidate, we put it in his spot. Put out all 385 of them and counted them up. And if anybody had gotten a majority at that point, they would have won. End of election. But And no. that would have been a majority of more than 50%. 50% plus at least one ballot. Right, exactly. And nobody did. The, the best uh, candidate got 102 votes out of 385. So about, what? Halfway there. Yeah, no, not even not even a third of the way there. So they were way behind. So we realized we were going to have to do a lot of these rounds. So the rounds, what, the way they worked, as you know, is we take the candidate who had the fewest number one votes, we grab that candidate's ballots and distribute them to the candidates who were listed as number two on the ballot. So if somebody 
had gone with Jones as number one, but Jones didn't have had the fewest number of votes. We'd take all of Jones's ballots, and if no, Smith is number two on this ballot, we'd give it to Smith. And if Brown is number two on this ballot, we'd give it to Brown. We, so we, we did it that way, and then recounted to see if anybody had a majority now. And they didn't. And then you did it again. And again. And again. And again. Fourteen times. Fourteen times, which is the maximum possible with 16 candidates. So we got down to the final three, as you will remember, these massive piles of ballots on three of them. One of them had a hundred and something, all of them had a hundred and something, 105, 140, 170, something like that. So we took the, the person that had 105 and distributed her, because that was uh, Amy Klobuchar, her ballots to the other two if the ballots chose one of the other two. As you know, there were at the end result, there were 19 of the ballots that didn't get counted at all because they did not make a choice from one of the final final candidates. So Because they only filled out like five or six candidates instead of the whole slate of Right, 16. and the five or six they happened to choose had all been eliminated. So if somebody had chosen only five or six and one of them was the winner, then that ballot would have been counted. But if you only chose five or six and all of them were eliminated, then your ballot really wouldn't get counted. And that happened 19 times out of the 385, which isn't too bad. Yeah. Out of, you know, 385. 385, so yeah. Yeah, about 5% of them. And so what was your conclusion? The conclusion was, so first of all, the people want to know, for first of all, this is not a poll. This is not scientifically accurate. This is a self-selected group, and it is not representative of the electorate. So don't, don't read anything in the results. And the, theoretically, one person could have mailed in the seven copies of theirs. If they bought seven copies of the paper, which is fine by us. That was sort of the idea, right? We were trying to get them <laughs> to buy more copies of the paper. Um, so we, uh, the final winner was Pete, however you pronounce his last name. Pete Buttigieg. Buttigieg. So... Uh, who was also the guy who got the most first place votes, number one votes in the first place. So he would have won under a traditional election, and he won under the ranked choice. So to a certain extent, you know, the, the couple of hours you and I spent in there moving ballots around and counting and recounting didn't really accomplish anything, didn't, cha didn't change the result. But it did make a difference for second place. It made a big difference for second place. So the big thing, uh, second place came to Elizabeth Warren, who in the initial balloting was like fourth or fifth. But what happened to her is that virtually all of Bernie Sanders' supporters, when Bernie Sanders got eliminated, virtually all of his ballots chose Warren number two. So virtually all of Bernie Sanders' ballots went over to Elizabeth Warren. That's the kind of thing that can happen with a ranked choice. That can, actually, that can make a difference um, if there had been enough of them. So she, she came fairly close to, to Pete. Uh, and uh, but but entirely because or largely because she'd gotten she was number two on so many uh, of the ballots. So uh, far and away the most interesting thing to me of the result was the amount of response we got. Uh, the, the enthusiasm for ranked choice voting was much more than I thought it would be. I thought it'd be just a few geeks and. But we, I had people scribbling on the bottom of the ballot, say, hey, this is great, I'm so glad you did this. I had like one person complain that it was too confusing in a stupid system. But otherwise, uh, there was nothing but ranked choice fans. Obviously, these are self-selected, but still. And I have to say, you know, we tried to do it with 16 candidates, but a lot of the sample ranked choice ballots only have like five or six candidates, which would make it far less confusing. Yeah, 16 by 16 is kind of crazy. I mean, it was like, you know, looking at an SAT test or something. <laughs> so you're right. That, that, this was an extreme example, which was kind of what made it fun. But even so, 
a lot of people participate. And, you know, cutting it out and mailing it in, that's a lot of work these days, uh, you know. And by the it's way, a good we, 50 cents investment. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't. Is that how much a stamp costs? Wow. I just buy the forever stamps. They don't say how much they're worth. Um, and we deliberately did not allow online uh, participation um, so it couldn't be gained by a campaign or something. Although people who are subscribers, digital subscribers, could print out the ballot from their digital subscription and mail it in. Yes. So we did allow that. So, so I, I think it's uh, it's an indication that that maybe we should be taking alternative voting methods, particularly ranked choice voting, more seriously than we have. Uh, that uh, it might be a way to to kind of increase enthusiasm for democracy and elections, and maybe make people feel like they have a, a real say. I don't know. What, what do you think about it? you? This was new to you. So what do you think about the process? Well, I think it, you know especially in like the last primary too, there are a lot of people who were sort of complaining about how things turned out and this sort of gives an opportunity for you to have that, you know, candidates who might not have an initial first chance ha stand a better chance with ranked choice voting because you can get those second and third choice placements. And it also gives you the, if nothing else, the, the satisfaction of voting against, if you're somebody you really hate. So let's say there's five candidates right now and you really hate one of them. There's nothing you can do to indicate that you hate that candidate more than the others. You know, you vote for the one you like, but that's it. But with ranked choice, you can give that person, you know, the last place ranking, which makes it slightly less likely that they might accidentally get in. Might they might get in? So that's so it does give the voter more, a little bit more uh, sway in the final result. Yeah, a little more comprehensive. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for talking, Dave. You bet, and thanks for helping me count all those ballots. <laughs> you can subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher, Google Music, Podbean, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can read about uh, this Ranked Choice uh, experiment and everything else that I do uh, at granitegeek.org, which is where you'll also see my column from the monitor. And the theme music is Little Smartphone People by The Spy Kicks. <laughs>